Hello, rich girls and rich boys. I know you're out there listening. In fact, I met a lot of you recently, these rich boys. Welcome back to the Old Money Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Frankusen. Thank you for joining me on the show all about building the trust funds we wish we were born with. I don't know how it happened, but somehow we are at the end of the year. A huge year for me and hopefully for you. I mean, the S&P 500 had like 16% returns until November anyway. I hope it was a good year for you. But anyway, as we get to the end of the year, I think it's so important to take a pause and reflect on what the hell we just lived through. I know there's been a lot of talk recently. People are still trying to like process or trauma process what happened during COVID in 2020. And why does it feel like three years just ran together? Well, I really do think it's important to take a specific period of time and reflect on it for two reasons. Number one, And these tie into two of the core values that I see in the new rules of old money. These are values that I wrote and developed when I was developing the show. And one of the core values, number nine, is all about self-improvement because successful millionaires are always focused on self-improvement, whether it's through personal development courses or health and fitness programs, any other means. And it's about building confidence and looking at where we've been so we can have confidence in our ability and our ability to solve problems and the things that we build. And the reason why it's phrased that way is that successful millionaires is because you could have a lot of money and be very unfulfilled or unsuccessful in the rest of your life. And for me, having a really wealthy life, a robust life that feels good in all areas, it requires me to reflect and look at areas where I could improve things that I want to do differently or give myself kudos for things that worked well, right? And another value, number 25, I wrote it down as just celebration. Like, why are we here? Are we here to just bounce from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting and then like hit our pillow at the end of the day, wake up and do it again? I hope not. And something that I took from, this is so random, but I took this from Heather Dubrow on Real Housewives of Orange County. And something that she is so good at and has verbalized that she's super intentional about is celebrating. She wants to celebrate everything even the opening of an envelope. And I think that is so key and core in living really, really well. Like having these milestone moments or making memories or making things special, it really does take a lot of effort. And I know there's a lot of moms out there that have been moving an elf around all December and they absolutely want to fucking kill me for saying this. But those are the things that the kids remember, right? Like making it special. So when I look at this for myself at the end of the year, For me, making things really special includes reflecting, journaling, taking time, cracking open a bottle of champagne, lighting a candle, sharing some caviar with my boyfriend, whatever your tradition is. I think it's really important that we do take the time to honor ourselves and give back. So I'm going to walk you through how I do that and also share with you all about my year. But before we get into that, if you are listening to this on the day it drops, it's right after Christmas, right before New Year's. And I was thinking about this because we don't have any crazy plans this year, but I was wondering like, what is there to do? It's kind of like in the middle of the holidays. Well, what's going on? Well, I have got for you the social calendar that every billionaire in the world is following through December and January. So if you need plans, 
I have got you covered. I will tell you exactly where you need to go to find all of the people in the world with the highest net worth. I'm talking ultra high net worth. What does ultra high net worth mean? Well, we actually talk a lot about this in marketing and you might see it written as UHNW, ultra high net worth. That is a horrible acronym, but HNW, high net worth or ultra high net worth. Essentially, it's a way to classify people and their demographics and it talks about what their investable assets are. So the ultra high net worth population. It's an individual with somebody who has $30 million or more in investable and liquid assets. So you're looking at a range of people above that. Really interestingly, that population dropped by 6% in the first half of 2022. I'm wondering, was that like the Bitcoin bubble? I'm not really sure on the timing on that. But overall, there's just under 400,000 ultra high net worth individuals in the world. And of those, it's actually 392,000 ultra high net worth individuals as of 2023, half of them are from the United States, which is absolutely crazy. So we're talking obviously like Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, et cetera. We've talked about the richest man in the world, Bernard Arnault of um, LVMH, all these different things. Actually, is he the highest? I'd have to go back and double check my notes. My point is that if you want to rub shoulders and hang out with Lauren Sanchez and Jeff Bezos, this is where they're going to be or maybe where they have been. So just backing up a little bit so you know what was happening in December. So December kicks off every single year with Art Basel in Miami. It is a scene. Art Basel is an art festival. It's all about contemporary art and it's actually originated from Switzerland where Basel is. They also have it in Hong Kong, but the Miami flagship show is at the beginning of December every single year. It is bonkers. And it is just such a place to see and be seen. So many celebrities go. Really interesting this year, H. Wood Group also opened Delilah uh, just the week after in Miami. And if you've ever been to Las Vegas in the wind, you must get a reservation at Delilah. It's like this sexy old supper club. Think like art deco decor, super high ceilings. There's a stage where they have a singer. It's giving very like 50s, 60s supper club where you might go and see Frank Sinatra singing something like that. And if I have my facts correctly, I believe somebody from Folsom High School is a regular performer at Delilah in LA. If you went to my high school, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, it's just such a scene. And that opening party was Absolutely the place to be after Art Basel. I heard the guys on group chat talking about it. I am a huge group chat fan. If you guys are listening for or looking for another business podcast, highly recommend. Anyway, so that really kicks off the month of December. Then after that, everybody kind of moves over to Aspen. And Aspen has every year this huge polo tournament. It's the snow polo. It's so chic. And it's always sponsored by like Max Mara and Vouv Clicquot. And that's just kind of like the little pre-hop before Christmas. Then coming into the new year, the place to be for New Year's is St. Bart's. St. Bart's is a tiny little island. If you're watching the Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip, that's where they are right now, where Luann's trying to find her pirate. The St. Bart's location for New Year's is premier. All the hotels, there are very few, will be completely booked out. Everybody who has a yacht is going to be there in St. Bart's. And it's just where the ultra wealthy go to play and celebrate New Year's every single year. It's just like on the social calendar. So it's very common that you're going to see celebrities and people on social media that are in that echelon posting that they're there. So keep an eye out for that. After New Year's in St. Bart's, we get into just kind of the regular January routine, starting with going back to business. 
And in Switzerland at the beginning of January is the Davos World Economic Forum. And you're like, wait, we just came from St. Bart's. Like, that doesn't sound like a party. Here's the thing. Everybody who's anybody influencing anything in the financial markets is going to the Davos World Economic Forum to talk about money. This is an annual meeting that's set where anybody who's anybody, anybody who's everybody, everybody who's anybody. I don't know how that phrase goes, but you know what I mean. Anyone that has anything to do with influencing financial priorities or policies will be at this economic forum. So this is private sector. This is public sector, like governments. It's everybody. And not to mention it's in the Alps or near the Alps in Switzerland uh, in January. Great skiing. So a lot of people make this a trip, right? So people will jump over to Switzerland, go to Europe at the beginning of January. A lot of the art collectors, you're going to see them in Singapore in January as well because they have art stage. And this is one of the largest collections of avant-garde arts in the world. Again, really contemporary artists, so similar to Art Basel, but it's just a much-anticipated festival that draws a lot of the art and fashion crowd to Singapore for art stage. Now, after that, you're going to go back to the United States for the Sundance Film Festival. That's something I feel like we're a little bit more familiar with since it's in Utah. Everybody knows about it. But obviously, just doing all of the ski locales, that's the thing to do. And obviously, because it's a film festival, you're going to get some of that celebrity Hollywood A-list crowd. Obviously, if somebody's there to promote a film or somebody has a film in the festival, it's more likely you're going to see them there. But it's also just a great kind of networking thing, right? If you're in the industry, you go to the conferences. So you see a lot of people go over to Utah for Sundance in January as well. And then if you want to get yourself back to Switzerland, or maybe you haven't left since the World Economic Forum... Also in January is a Polo World Cup on snow in Switzerland, and that's a favorite for a lot of uh, European aristocracy. How do you say that? Aristocracy? You guys, I'm just not with the words today. Aristocracy. So you're going to see a lot of royals there in Switzerland. And so that's obviously like champagne, food on ice. If you've been following uh, Old Money Podcast on Instagram, which if you're not, please go follow Old Money Podcast on Instagram. Uh, You've seen a couple of the pictures that we've posted of like, the guy skating around with a waiter's tray and he's on ice skates on ice. I think that was taken at that event because it's definitely a place where you're going to see a lot of hoity-toity celebrities and elite. And then right after that, you have Cresta Run, which is maybe the most exclusive event of all of these. And Cresta Run is a sled run that's built from natural ice, and it stretches from two different towns, but only members of the San Moritz Tobogganing Club are invited to do the run. So you have to be a member or be invited by an actual member. And so that is like the most elite of elite because who in the hell would be a member of a tobogganing club? Not me. Anyway, if you're looking for something to do this winter and you're trying to get your social calendar set and looking to increase your network, those are the events that I would definitely recommend heading out to. And for any of our audience that does end up going to any of these things, you have my full support to be boots on the ground, live old money correspondent. You can take over our Instagram story. I want to know what everybody's wearing. I want to see the furs. I want to see the jewels. I want to see the opulence. So I will be in San Diego, Dallas. Where else am I going in January and February? We're doing a retreat. We're doing, oh my gosh, we're going to LA a couple of times. Then we're going somewhere else in February. I forget, but I won't be at any of these events. I will be traveling around. So I look forward to seeing you guys there out there in the snow. 
Okay, so let's get back to the topic at hand today, which is all about end of year recap. And as I mentioned, this is a practice that I've done for the last, it's 2023, so the last seven years, and it is an end of year review. It's a journaling exercise, and I will put all the journaling prompts that I use and that I'm going to run through with you today as I share with you my responses to these journaling prompts, which is uber personal, but it's okay. I'm here to be an open book, and I want to inspire you with some ideas and expansion, et cetera. Anyway, I have a little folder on my computer and it's just called like journals. And I have, in case anybody wants to like go read them, please don't hack my computer. Um, Anyway, I have this folder and I have the end of year review. It says like end of year review 2026 or 2016. And I just replicated every single year and then clear out the old answers and replace them with the new. And so when I'm doing that, I get to look at what I responded with last year and it's so crazy to have this milestone where I'm looking back at a specific period of time year after year, and then you can go back many years and the growth is insane. The way that my priorities have shifted is insane. The way that I feel about my life, it's honestly a pretty humbling experience. And I really do believe in that old adage that I think they say you can't manage what you don't measure. And although this is qualitative, this is like anecdotal data that I'm looking at every single year, I can just tell in the way that I'm writing and answering these questions, like I am a fully different version of myself. When I was a kid, one of my mom's friends, actually this woman, Sandra, she worked with my mom. She told me when I was a kid that every seven years, all of the cells in your body change. So you are a completely different person every seven years. And the reason we always talked about it was because I had a lot of food aversions when I was a kid, like get a tomato away from me. I'm still afraid of bananas. I I don't know. I don't get it. But she would say, just wait when you, in seven more years, when your taste buds change, you'll like completely new food. And so what I thought when I was a kid was like when I was seven, when I was 14, when I was 21, like I would like new foods. That's not how it works. Spoiler alert. Um, I believed that for way longer than I care to admit. But the point is that we actually are brand new people every seven years because yes, all your cells do regenerate. Like they, you get rid of dead cells, you create new cells, all these types of things. I'm not a doctor. Maybe that's not completely true. Don't quote me on it. My point is that it's a great visual to know that we are recycling ourselves and we are in control of how we feel. And I think it's really important to measure our growth in these really qualitative ways because even though they're qualitative analysis, they determine the quality of our life. So what I'm going to do today, I have, I think there's 16 questions. I don't have them numbered. I'm pretty sure there's 16. Again, if you want to do this exercise, I really encourage you to do it. I'll post all of the prompts on Instagram, Old Money Podcasts. You can follow along, but I'm going to walk you through each of the questions and I'm going to share with you my answers. So let's get into it. First one, what did you do in 2023 that you had never done before? And for me, it was launching my own thing, which was launching this podcast. And I really thought about this really hard because it's actually super different for me than my business because launching my business did not feel like this. It did not feel like I was doing something for myself. Launching the agency evolved over time. Like the way that it started was I just started doing work for people and then I had more demand than I could handle. So I needed to hire more people to help me do the work. And so an agency formed very organically, but I never set out to be like, I'm starting a business. 
It's going to be successful. I'm never quitting. Like this is happening. And here we go. Agency kind of evolved over time. Whereas with the podcast, it was a decision to really stretch myself and put myself out there and say, this is the thing that I'm launching into the world. I'm fully committed to it. And I'm not stopping. Like, I'm just going to go do this forever. And it feels really good to have my own project, my own thing to work on. I just had a really challenging call today with somebody who was going through, and I don't want to say criticizing, but like giving feedback on creative work that I've done. And I will say one thing. One thing I've learned, I'm going to go on a sidebar really quick. One thing I've learned over time is giving creative feedback needs to be done really gently and with a lot of care. Um, I didn't get that today and that's okay. But one of the things that I'll say as well is that I, I'm doing things intentionally and putting a lot of thought behind them. And sometimes it's kind of exhausting to go back and forth with other people and debate like whose vision is the most correct because it doesn't really matter. Like at the end of the day, especially in art, a lot of it is subjective and a lot of it's going to land with some people and not with other people. But for me to work on my own thing and have my own vision and be able to execute on it completely as I want to do is so liberating because as an agency owner and a service provider, at the end of the day, my ideas, it doesn't matter if the client doesn't like them, I have to change them. And so it's been really nice to have my own thing that is fully my own. Um, and that's what I did in 2023 that I had never done before. Okay. Question number two, did you keep your new year's resolutions or meet your goals? And will you make more for next year? I like the phraseology for this question because some years I don't make resolutions or set goals. Sometimes I just let things roll, honestly. And I'm not a really big resolution person either, but I actually did make a resolution last year and I didn't fully commit to it. It's really superficial. My new year's resolution for 2023 was to always have my nails done. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why. My mom's always harping on me about my nails. I love having nice nails. I just hate, hate sitting at the nail salon. Like I detest it. I do not think it is relaxing. I do not think it is luxurious or like a treat. It's a chore for me. So I want to have nice nails because I'm always talking with my hands, working on projects with clients, seeing my hands. So I was tried really hard. I think I hit it like, again, 90% this year. So that was my goal or my resolution. But my goals were a couple of different things. I have obviously revenue goals for the agency. And I'll be honest, I did not hit my revenue goal this year. It was a very lofty goal. So I'm not mad that I didn't hit it because we still did very, very well this year. We still grew a ton from last year. And more importantly than the revenue goal, we hit the profit goal. That's what's most important. It's not how much money that you bring in. It's how much money you keep. So Lots of reinvestment into the company and into the team this year. So I'm super, super happy with that. And then from a kind of general standpoint with goals, I also had a goal to monitor, not like stop or cut or whatever, monitor my social media usage and consumption when it wasn't work-related. I have noticed that I, you know, just like the rest of the world, can get into TikTok rabbit holes. And just something about being on TikTok does not make me feel good. It just makes me feel like I should be improving the way I blow dry my hair. And why don't I have my house decorated like that? And oh my gosh, look at this new hack for cleaning your shower. I should go clean my shower. It's just like everything on TikTok is is trying to motivate you to buy or do something better or differently. And I just rather be okay. So I've been noticing the way that TikTok's kind of like 
affecting my mindset. And so I'm trying to be less of a consumer. And if I'm going to participate there, it's going to be in the creator capacity. So that was something for last year. I don't know how well I did on it, but it's going to continue for next year as well. And then of course, for 2024, I have my revenue goals for the business. I have our profit goals for the business. The profit goal is a percentage-based number. The revenue goal is a very lofty, um, whole dollar number. And then usually I do a couple of different things throughout the year. Like I'll just randomly go off coffee for six weeks or I'll randomly stop drinking for six weeks. And it never really ties into a month, but I think we're going to do some of that in 2024 as well. Whether it's like no alcohol, no coffee, no spending. That's a really interesting one. Just like buying the bare minimum, no like discretionary spending, just it can wait. And then you have that cooling off period. So I'll keep you guys posted on when I do those. It's unlikely that it'll link up with an actual month, but I am really excited because in January I'm starting NAD injections, which I've gotten, you know, I don't want to say prescribed, but I've been exploring this with my uh, healthcare provider. And I'm going to talk all about this in a health is wealth episode coming up, which I'm super stoked to share about. Um, But I'll let you guys know how that goes. It's definitely a bougie thing to do. It's all about like metabolic health. So like keeping your cells super healthy, clearing brain fog (laughs) as I stumble over all my words, Um, sleeping better, more energy, all this kind of stuff. So it really, it increases the ATP in your mitochondria. If you remember your seventh grade science class, I will keep you posted. So I'm definitely on a health kick. I mean, but that's not tied to the year. So I'll keep you posted. Okay. The next question, uh, what is your biggest achievement of the year? And I have three. Number one is not just launching the podcast, but launching the podcast so successfully. Um, Getting on the Apple iTunes charts was absolute shock. Getting on the top trailers list by Apple was amazing too. And we've just built such an incredible community here. I'm getting DMs and messages all the time from, it's like crazy, I keep saying this, but like people I don't know, but I love you guys. Like I might not know you in person, but I'm so obsessed with you. Like send me your DMs. It makes my whole freaking day to get a DM from you guys just to know that I'm out there connecting with you or that, you know, maybe I'm sharing an idea that resonates with you. It's just been about all of the people that are here on this journey with us. So that's been the most incredible piece of it. Um, Podcast is doing really well. We are making money. We are not yet profitable. I will keep you guys posted on this whole journey. I want to be super transparent about it. Um, So that's been a really big highlight and big achievement for me. And then also this December, we just hit five years in business for AF Marketing. And I'm so proud of the agency and what we've built together as a team. And it just feels crazy that out of thin air, like from my brain and my laptop. When I started this business, I did not have a desk. I literally worked on an ironing board every single day. I would prop it up in the middle of my living room and walk around my house and make sales calls and do marketing strategy. From that, we have an incredibly profitable, healthy business that pays dozens of people a salary every single year. And I'm paying myself. Like I'm still amazed that I pay myself. Like I am still amazed that we are offering a service that like is so freaking good and people pay us for it and we pay ourselves. Like it's wild. So that's a huge one. And then another achievement of mine this year is so random, but back in February, we went on a conference for Justin's work and we got to go to the BMW driving school in Palm Desert. And when I tell you the only thing on my bucket list of all time has always been driving an M3 on the Autobahn. And I 
basically recreated that at this driving school and literally drove a race car on a racetrack. And I've never been more like that. If I was not running my agency, like I should be driving a race car. I'm so obsessed with going fast. I had the best time. It was such a like hello life moment, like doing something so out of the box. I was obsessed and I'm so happy that I got to do it and did it. So huge achievement for me this year. So on the flip side of that, the next question is, what is your biggest failure of the year? I have a lot. (laughs) I was like, why do I have so many more failures than I have achievements? I don't know. But it's just, I think we're programmed to see the negative of the things that we've done. But I will share with you what my four biggest failures were this year. The first one and the second one are pretty superficial, but it's just being real. Okay. The first thing was I was trying to dress well this year. And honestly, I'm still wearing all the same shit that I wore exactly last year at this time, like the big sweaters and the leggings. I wear athleisure every single day. I thought I was going to like figure it out this year and have my matching set situation. I thought I was going to be dressed impeccably and intentionally and be like putting outfits together. And I just, I'm just not an outfit girly. I'm just not an outfit girly. So despite my best efforts, I still tend to wear the same stuff all the time and I'm trying my best. So mostly I look like a slob and then I'll like put on makeup and do my hair to do Zoom calls or recordings for the podcast. But other than that, no, I'm not dressing well and it's been a total failure. And when you get, we get to the financial piece of this, you'll understand why this is number one on my list. The second thing was all of my skincare efforts this year. I had Botox twice this year. I also did a halo laser and I did a clear and brilliant laser. And I don't think my skin has ever been worse. Like I was on a good track. Listen, okay, it's not bad. I'm not breaking out. It's fine. But like for the amount of money that I invested this year, I thought I would be glowing. I thought I'd look like a donut. I definitely don't. The second time I got Botox, it was with a different doctor than I normally go to because my physician is on maternity leave. And she just like did not shoot me up right. So I still have like all the crinkles by my eyes and under my eyes, but my forehead doesn't move. It's just like not the vibe. So I really just kind of missed the boat on all the dermatology stuff this year. And I need to start again in 2024. Now, you know that I save a ton of money in my short-term savings goals to take care of my face and body and like make sure that I'm doing my skincare and all that kind of stuff. And my skincare is on lock, but the derm stuff, it was a, it was a miss. So I think we're going to need to reassess what we do for next year. Now, number three, biggest failure of the year was a business thing. And I'm not even like, I put this down, but it's not really a failure. It was an experiment. And then I decided I didn't like it. And that was upgrading our office. And now here's the thing. We had an amazing office in this most amazing building in downtown San Diego. And the reason we upgraded the office is because A, I wanted the space. I also wanted the floor to ceiling windows, but I thought I was going to upgrade the office to podcast there all the time. But the acoustics were atrocious. There was so much noise coming in from outside. I couldn't control it. There was this horrible buzz when I would record podcasts. So I had these grand plans to make it like a podcast studio slash office. And it just didn't work because of the space itself. It was super disappointing. And then the other thing was, too, from a work perspective, we had the most amazing office mates. We sublet um, to another agency, Sticky Digital. Shout out, Nicole. I know you're listening. I love you guys so, so much. And so we made good use of the office because we were doing a hybrid schedule. So the AF marketing team was in the office Monday, Tuesday, and then Sticky Digital would be there Wednesday, Thursday. But what I started to notice was that I was you know, we were going into the office to quote unquote collaborate, but we would have meetings, but then we would need to be working quietly to do our work. And so we were together, but not 
working together. It just didn't make any sense to me. So I decided to let the office go because for the price without subleasing, it was insane. It was way more than the rent that we pay for our home, which is crazy. Commercial real estate is just, I don't know why they're charging so much when literally nobody wants to be in an office anymore. Like everybody wants to work from home. But the other realization that I had this year was, you know, we had an office originally because we had a lot of really young and green employees when I started hiring. So I was hiring people who had no agency experience, were right out of college, thought they could do social media, and I was teaching them everything. So I had to be there to teach and to share and to educate and to, you know, make sure everybody was on the same page. But I don't have the bandwidth to do that anymore. And the clients that we have, they expect a level of service that's definitely not intern level or entry level. So we are hiring only experienced employees at this point. And so that's what our clients deserve. And so, you know, we, you know, compensate them appropriately. We are looking for the best talent. And with that, we're having people that are a little bit more senior in their careers and they don't need to or want to be in an office. They would prefer to go to a breakfast or a lunch or a summit or something like that. So we also have team members now all over the place, like Northern California, Arizona, Florida, I mean, Chicago, everybody's everywhere. So it doesn't make sense for us to have some of our team in the office and that requirement. And it was kind of disruptive to me as well. So we let go of the office and we are fully remote again as of Q4 of 2023. And then the last thing that I wanted to say was a huge failure of mine was that I was just too busy. Like I was just way too busy this year. I did not create enough white space in my calendar or my brain for thinking creatively. So for me, that's going to be a huge focus of next year of just creating more space between meetings and for my job and not having to fill 10 hours of time with 10 different really intensive tasks. Like I don't need to do all the things all in one day. Like I can take breaks. I can rest. That's what I'm going to work on for next year. Get your champagne at the press of a button. Thanks to today's sponsor of the show. I'm so proud to announce that Old Money Podcast is now an affiliate for Drizzly. Drizzly offers convenient delivery options for beer, wine, and liquor. Great for sending a gift, ordering for a big event, or ordering in for a casual night at home. You know how it is. It's been a long day. You need a little bit of wine, a little bit of housewives, and there's nothing in the fridge. That's when you need Drizzly. To get started, download the Drizzly app, then search through all the selections of beer, wine, and spirits, pick your drinks, press order, and then boom, drinks at your door in under 60 minutes. Drizzly partners with retailers in your area, which means you get to support local businesses every time you order, which we love. And speaking of support, to support this show, use our affiliate link every time you order Drizzly. Essentially, Whenever you need a drink, I just want you to think old money, drizzly, drizzly, old money. In fact, I think you deserve a bottle of Ouvre Clicquot tonight, just because. So to find our affiliate link, I'll put it here in the show notes. You can always go online to our website, oldmoneypodcast.com and click on the sponsors area, follow the link there, or you can find it available in our Instagram on the sponsors highlight. And remember our mantra, you deserve champagne, so use drizzly, support old money, drizzly, old money, drizzly, old money, drizzly. Okay. So the next question is a one, two, three, four parter. It says, compared with this time last year, are you happier, healthier, wealthier, or more aligned with your goals? And this is something that I stole from Lori Harder and Chris Harder. It's something that was their mantra. They said they would wake up every morning and say something along the lines of like, today I wake up and I am healthier, happier, wealthier. No, happier, healthier, and wealthier, and more aligned than I was yesterday or something like that. And I just loved that mantra. And so I think it's a good check-in. Me, am I more happier? 
Yes, absolutely. I'm definitely feeling more myself. We went through some really challenging times. I'll talk about that in a second. But for me, I'm healthier. I'm sorry, I'm happier this year because I set really strong boundaries in place, like really, really strong boundaries. And that has helped me really protect my peace. And if you haven't listened to the boundary episode, definitely go back and refresh. I actually listened to it again and it was advice I needed because putting boundaries in place to protect your peace can be really, really hard. But if you are giving your energy to everything outside of yourself and not tending to what makes you feel good or what makes you feel safe, you can lose yourself really quickly. And for me, my number one goal this year was to take care of myself. And I did that. Now, when we talk about being healthier, 100% I'm healthier. And the reason is because I'm working out with a trainer now. So I'm working out with a trainer three times a week. I went through this whole Orange Theory saga where I was trying to do it again, but it was raising my cortisol. Um, I couldn't control my, uh, not my blood pressure, but my heart rate in those classes. It was stressing me out. So I've been working with an amazing trainer for the last couple of months. That's really helped me feel so much stronger. Um, My mantra with this is just show up and the results will come. Like That's what I've been doing. And the same thing with my meals too. We've been doing meal delivery service. We switched plans again. So we're on a new meal delivery service. Um, But it's just like when the meal shows up, I eat it and I don't have to think about it. And having these non-negotiable things, it's just like taking one step forward and achieving your goals automatically. I just, it's kind of like with the podcast, like I shared with you, like when I set out to launch the podcast, I'm like, here I go. And I'm not quitting. It's non-negotiable for me to show up to this show at least once a week and get an episode out. Like it's not impossible. I can do it and I'm committed to it. And it's the same thing with working out or eating well. So yes, healthier. And then the same thing goes for wealthier because I made it a priority to ensure that I was saving and investing and doing the things that my future self wants me to do so that I can live well. So on paper, yes, I'm a lot wealthier than I was in January, 2023. And I also feel much wealthier in just every aspect of my life because I'm becoming more intentional about everything all the time. And then more aligned with my goals. Yes, as I said, my goal this year was to take care of myself. My goal this year was also to be speaking more. And I'm obviously doing that on the podcast here and visiting on other people's podcasts, which by the way, if you have a podcast out there and you want me to come like Kiki with you, like let me know. Like I will come. I'm doing so many podcast interviews in January. I'm super excited about. And for that, I just feel more connected. And I think also just with everything, I feel super connected. I have amazing partnerships with other women in marketing, other agencies, our web team, our paid ads team, Sticky Digital, like I told you guys, like I just have such a great network, our consultants. I have a lot of coaches, my therapist, my friends. Like I feel very plugged in and very supported to know that I'm aligned with achieving my goals because I have the support and resources to get there. So All in all, yes to all four parts of this very complicated question. The next question says, what are you most proud of this year? And I think the easy answer is, okay, the podcast and agency, et cetera. But what I'm actually most proud of this year is my personal growth. We have gone through a lot of personal growth this year. And obviously I'm in therapy as I've talked about, but I've really really uncovered some underlying vulnerabilities this year and identified some things 
that were maybe old programming that I picked up or just coping mechanisms or ways that I have been or thought patterns that were negatively affecting my present life. And these were things that I picked up in childhood from my family of origin, from the dynamics that played out in my family. And so really getting in touch with that this year has been hugely impactful of understanding where my baggage is and how it shows up today. So that's been a huge thing for me. And I think it's been amazing growth for my friendships, my relationship, my work relationships. And in that as well is another thing I'm super proud of from this year is really, I don't want to say defending because that sounds so like aggressive, but enforcing my contracts and my boundaries at work and how I will be treated, especially by clients. So I alluded to this earlier this year, but there was a good eight-week period where I was in a massive dispute in business. And I feel great about how I showed up through all of it. I was in integrity. I was fair. I was balanced. I was kind and understanding, but firm. And I got to the end of it and that's resolved. But it was honestly like I was losing sleep over it for eight weeks of this year, August 1st through the end of September. And that'll show up in another question in a second. But anyway, I'm super proud of that this year, both personal growth, like I would say personally, duh, and then also professionally and just the the standard of how I run this business and um, how we take care of our, our people, our team, me everything. So that's my most proud moments. Next question. What would you like to have in 2024 that lacked in 2023? Two things. Number one, I've already mentioned this, but more unscheduled time. I realized that I've been having a lot of anxiety about unscheduled time. Like, oh, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. But the reality is, is that I need the unscheduled time to be more creative and be a better leader and a better girlfriend and a better dog mom. Like I need that unscheduled time to be a better version of me. So that's one thing. And then the second thing is a little bit more stability. So I had a lot of uh, turnover in the agency this year, not for any bad reasons, but you know, just kind of like trying to find alignment with people of who's the right person for our clients and for our team. And we have some absolute rock star, solid team members, both internally and I'll say like in the second ring of connection, whether it's vendors or things like that. And that's just been so great. But there's also been a lot of um, a lot of uncovering this year of finding out who's aligned in business values, especially on the vendor side. And so for me, I'm really looking to really solidify and deepen those connections and um, those relationships with the people that do great work and have the same values and priorities as we do and want to really take care of our clients from a really meaningful way. I just had the best conversation with a friend of mine who also owns an agency. And it's like, we have found our tribe. Like It's a lot of women that are all doing great work and I want to refer them clients and do projects with them and work together. It's just fun. And it's the game that we play and we just don't have time for bad business or bad attitudes. It's actually one of our core values at AF Marketing. And so I really need to stick to that in 2024. And I'm just happy about finding you know, our core team and continuing to grow with them. It's been really, really fun. The next question on the list is what dates from this year will you never forget and why? So a lot of you maybe had babies this year or got married or engaged. I have three super random dates that come to mind. The most obvious one is August 1st, the day that we launched the podcast and also the day that this whole conflict with 
that person started that I just mentioned. Here's the other two random dates, like the dates, like the the day and the month. February 21st. I only remember this because it's two days after Justin's birthday and I was really stressed out about it for some reason, but I was so honored to have received an award from my alma mater, San Diego State, for the Rising Aztec Award. And I was actually super freaked out about this, but we had to go on to the basketball court to accept our award at a basketball game at San Diego State. And it was February 21st. Don't ask me why I remember the date. I just do. And I kind of forgot that that had happened, but that date stuck in my mind, 221. The second one was May 9th. And that was the day of the old money photo shoot. And the only reason I remember that is because it was supposed to be on May 11th. And we moved it last minute to accommodate a photographer and hair and makeup or whatever, but I had scheduled it for May 11th. And the reason why I was so stressed about moving it up two days was because I had just gotten my lips filled the week before and they were so swollen. I had a bruise. I was so stressed that I was going to look crazy. And of course, you cannot even tell in the photos at all, but I was literally walking around with a bruise on my lip on May 8th and I was freaking out and I was like, this is going to be a disaster but it all worked out. And so those are the three random dates that are etched in my memory this year that I will never forget. So I hope yours are much more beautiful and like poetic than mine. Okay. Next one. Now we're getting into the money stuff. Where did most of your money go this year? Now, if you just listened to the previous episode, I did my full budget breakdown of 2023. So you can know all the places where I spent money. However, where most of my money went this year was obviously investment and savings. So when we look at the short-term and long-term savings and investing that I did from my budget, and I'm going to call it like my active budget. So the money that comes in through my paycheck or through other means. So this is my net income, not my gross, right? So after taxes, this is like money that I have in hand and then I play with it. Of that, 24% of it went to long-term savings, short-term savings, and investing, But when you add in my retirement that came off the top through our retirement program, it's more than 30%. So that's where most of the money that I earned went this year. I feel really, really, really good about that. Next on the list is the obvious boring stuff, rent, groceries, travel, eating out, et cetera. Now here's where it gets interesting. I told you one of my biggest failures of the year was not dressing well, but I spent 6% of my income on clothes. 6%. That's not a small number. I spent 6% of my income on clothes and I feel like I have nothing to show for it. I have no idea what happened there. So I don't know what I'm thinking. If, If anybody has a recommendation for like a personal stylist, especially in San Diego, I am open ears because I need some help in this department. I don't know why I don't like to wear anything in my closet. I... I feel like I buy these cute blazers from Zara and then I put them on. I'm like, why is this so big or why is this so tight? I have no idea what I'm doing. So to spend 6% of my income on clothes and to still be wearing the same stuff I wore last year, that's why it's a massive fail, okay? And then also Poppy came in at 4% of my total income and that includes all of the pet sitters and supplements and all these different types of things. I think it's a great investment. I love giving my doggie everything that she likes, but it just makes me think like, what are you guys paying for daycare? What are you guys paying for childcare and school and just feeding and clothing your children? Like, this is something that I am not prepared for. I am not pregnant, but just if we are going to have a child, that is such a huge game changer in a budget. And I mean, massive changes need to happen. You probably spend negative 6% on clothes and like a thousand percent on your kids. But that was something really interesting. Two other things that I wanted to call out where a lot of my money went, therapy and coaching. 
So I had a big expenditure there. And then also healthcare. So I've been working with a private doctor on supplements, blood work every couple of months, um, trying to get my hormones in check, all that type of stuff. So that's been a big expenditure as well, but it's an investment. So I don't mind spending that money at all. And speaking of investments, next question is, what was your best investment of the year? For me, there's a couple. Travel, but I'll get to that in just a second. Rest was a great investment. Every time I rested, I felt great. My podcast editor, Berta, she is just phenomenal. If you guys are thinking about launching a podcast, I can't recommend her enough. She is just so incredible and takes every crazy idea that I have and just all of my words and makes them sound good in your ears. And it's such a great relationship where I can really get into the creative of things. And then she takes care of all of the admin for everything else. So Berta, you are a great investment for me this year. Also my team on at AF Marketing. I mean, I love to pay them well and give them bonuses or whatever we can to show our appreciation. But my God, our team is just crushing it this year. I'm so happy to be able to support so many people's income and salaries. It's just like my favorite thing. And then the last best investment of the year is Poppy's new shot. I do not know what it's called, but once a month, my dog goes into the vet for a quick shot and it is an osteoarthritis and anti-inflammatory shot. So my dog has like a hip issue. It's like a cognitive thing, not cognitive, I'm sorry, congenital thing. She was born with it, but she doesn't have very great hip and mobility support. And she's often very much in pain and I don't want my puppy to be in pain. So it's like 80 bucks a month. I take her in for the shot. And when I tell you she's like a new dog seven days later, like she is so much more comfortable. She's more playful. The vet said that the number one side effect from dogs getting the shot is that they overdo it because they feel so good after the shot that they literally like want to go run and play. And their owners are so happy that they're feeling so good that they don't like monitor their activity. So anyway, that was the number one best investment for me this year. She's just in so much less pain. I can tell in the way that she plays and walks and is hanging out with us. So that has been a huge investment. If you have questions about it, DM me. I'll try to find the actual prescription, but ask your vet about it. It's osteoarthritis. It's half pain medication and it's half anti-inflammatory medication and it's been working super, super well. It's just brand new. Anyway, this sounds like a pharmaceutical commercial. This is not sponsored, but they should be a sponsor because I would talk about that for a whole freaking episode. Okay, next one on the list. Next question. What do you wish you've done more of? First thing was rest. And I feel this is obviously a theme this year of just having more space between things, like not going from one thing to the next without rest. Like, remember when I told you guys about going to that Odessa concert and I just had like a horrible time? It's because I literally went from a horrible meeting, a very challenging meeting. I had to let somebody go that day. And then I went to the Odessa concert. That's what I didn't tell you in that first podcast. Like I was in such a bad mood because I was devastated. I cry every time I have to have a conversation like that, which is not often, but it takes a lot out of me. It's really hard. It's horrible. These are human beings and it's just awful. It's so hard to do that type of stuff. And then to just think that I can change my mood and go straight into a concert, like absolutely not. Had a really hard time that day. And also there's just been a lot of really challenging things going on in my life personally between family and friends that I haven't really you know, I, well, let me rephrase that. I've been giving myself the space to feel it, but then it's like, you want to switch out of it really quickly and like go to dinner or go to see friends. And sometimes you just need the space to just be blah or be in your feelings so that you have more 
like white space, I guess, between each thing that you do. So you can be super present and kind of process things before you move on to the next. When you're very scheduled, like I am, that's challenging to do. And so one of the things I wish that I've done more of this year was rest and give myself more time between things. The next question is the opposite, which is what do you wish you had done less of? And this, this is a huge realization for me. The thing that I wish I had done less of was trying to make trips vacations. What a mistake. Oh my gosh. We had so many instances this year where we were traveling for business and or for another reason and then trying to tack on a few days of quote unquote vacation afterwards. And for me, it just didn't play out the way that I wanted it to all of the time. Listen, we had really a lot of fun, but there is a difference between a trip and a vacation. And when you start a trip as a trip, it doesn't just morph into a vacation. Like you need some time to unwind, right? So going to the pool for one afternoon after going to a conference for four days, that is not a vacation make, okay? So that was what I wish I would have done less of was trying to make trips vacations, then calling them vacations when they weren't restorative or restful. What we should have done is made the trips the trips and then gone back and gone on a real vacation, like an actual vacation where you're unplugged and not working because I was working on all of these trips and it was so hard to like find some space there. So we went to, we went on a short vacation the very beginning of the year. We went to Punta Mita. I think we were just there for five days. So four nights, it just wasn't enough. Then we did a Palm Springs trip where there was a conference and we tacked on a couple of days at La Serena Villas. That was fine. It was like a weekend trip. But again, it wasn't like a trip. It wasn't like a vibe of going on a vacation. It was a trip, I should say. We did the same thing in Fort Lauderdale for another conference and then also to Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show, both of which we went to Miami afterwards, which are fun Miami weekends. But it's not like a full vacation. Like I was there to work. So that's the thing that I wish I would have done less of. So in 2024, the goal is more actual vacations that have nothing to do with anything with work so that it's fully something to like look forward to, indulge in, and like really enjoy from their lead up to the execution and the afterglow. So that's the new thing for 2024. Okay, the next question. What did you want and get? My biggest want and get this year was amazing projects at work. Like we did the sickest brands this year. I'm so proud of all the brands that we did. We did a lot of branding this year and all of them I'm so proud of. Like every single brand that we created is so good and it's so true to our ethos and our our energetic spirit. We're a little bit edgier. We're risk takers, but we're super intentional. Like we just did really great work this year. And so we got really great branding projects. And then the second thing that I got this year, interestingly enough, I would say a deepening of my relationship with Justin, which is all I ever want. But I will tell you, we had to walk through fire to get there. Not like we weren't good, but Justin always says this saying, it's something like, you know, an ounce of experience you wouldn't pay a million dollars to get. I think that's wrong. I think that's very wrong. My point is, we had some really challenging things come up for us this year that were outside influences that really did affect our relationship. And we worked through all of them and we're so much closer at the end of this year than the beginning of them. And that's a super vulnerable thing to share, but I want to share it to let people know like there are opportunities for growth in every challenge that you go through. And if you pick a good partner, like I'm so blessed, Justin is just so supportive and so like such a leader of our relationship in helping us work through these things. Like, Yes, I wanted a deepening of the relationship. It's what I want every year, every day, every week. And we've got it, but we definitely worked for it this year. 
So the inverse of that is what did you want and not get? I have some wishes for my friends that are going through some things right now that have not yet come true. So we're waiting on that to come true. Uh, I can't share more than that at this time. And then also I would say like, like I alluded to some really deeply personal things happened this year to me and there wasn't great outcomes. And it was a lot of painful times for me personally, a lot. So I wanted some peace in that this year. I didn't get it, but we're getting there every single day. Okay. Next question. Three words to sum up your last year. And on the heels of that last question, I think my three words are expansion, lessons, And this is really random, but what comes to mind is like molasses. Like I feel like everything I worked towards was such an effort. Like you're walking through molasses. I don't know if that resonates with anyone, but I feel like everything did come through. Like everything was hard. Like there wasn't a lot of ease this year. So expansion lessons and molasses, that is so random. But the inverse of that, the next question, what are three words to guide your vision for 2024? I'm going to say ease abundance, and romance. I am all about finding ease. We had a little sticky year in 2023. I'm ready for things to flow. We've got the systems in place now, especially with the podcast, the business, personal life. Like I'm all about the ease, abundance of time, of money, of love, of energy, and then romance, like just just enjoying life and savoring the wine and being in love and feeling in love deeply and being in awe of everything that's going on, whether it's just the fact that I live in San Diego, I see palm trees every day, I used to live in the suburbs and dream about getting out, like whatever it is that you need to do to romanticize your life, put the music on, light the candle. For me, that's been my vibe recently. And let me tell you, like it makes things feel real, real good. So abundance, ease, and romance. Side note, when I was I was just on the cutest podcast with Cami Sophia. She is a girl from the UK. She's just a little Pilates queen. I'm obsessed with her. She has a podcast called With Intention. I posted it on the podcast Instagram page, but go find go find it. It was so cute. And she asked me the same question and that was what came to mind. And we had a little conversation about it. So if you need more content over the holiday break because nobody's dropping episodes, uh, go find the Cami Sophia with intention episode or I'll drop it in the show notes here so you can listen to that afterwards. Okay, this is another question that I actually just added in this year. So I'd never answered it before, but it's something that occurred to me this year and I actually have it on my quarterly business review. Um, but the question that I added in this year was, what support do I need in 2024? And the reason this is an important ad is because I think my mentality before, and let me know if you relate to this, is that I thought I had to do everything alone. And as I've been mentioning, my kind of like uncovering of vulnerabilities, this has been a huge story for me this year of I am not only the person who should be going at it alone. I don't want to. I'm not the most qualified person to. Like we have to go through life supporting each other and finding the support that we need. So for me, I've had to ask myself, like, what is the support that I need? And I think a lot of people default to, I need a business coach. And interestingly enough, I've gone through that journey this year and I have an amazing, amazing advisor that I work with periodically. Like I'm obsessed with her. She's absolutely brilliant. But what I actually need is like execution. So when I talk about what I need in support wise in 2024, 
I need support for the business to be run well and that our clients are taken care of so I can go execute on the things. I don't need a coach to tell me what to do every single day, but I do need accountability and time to go execute on it. And so support for me in 2024 looks like support from the team for the business so that things are running well. And if you have your own team, you can totally relate to that. If you work in a corporation and you have projects that are important to you, you know how to ask for support from your team and from your managers to reprioritize things so that you have some space. The other thing that I need in 2024 is ongoing therapy. Again, not because I'm broken, but because therapy is like gym for your brain. And I'm going through some stuff right now. I have some friends going through some stuff that I need to be able to show up for. And I don't always have the right words or the right approaches. And, you know, especially with one friend that I'm thinking of in particular, it's like, I want to be equipped to really support that friend in a really challenging situation. So I need resources to do so. And I'd like to get that in therapy. Also in 2024, I need more like regular business support as it relates to video, hair and makeup, like what it's going to take to get it done. Like that's what it's going to take to get it done. Like I have to show up on video. So that means my hair and makeup is going to be done. Call it superficial, call it whatever you want. But like, that's the type of support that I need in 2024. Cause you guys know, I can't even put an outfit together. So you guys think I can do my hair. It's really sweet. Um, anyway, those are some of the things that I'm looking at for 2024. And again, asking who can come in to support you or just even sending it out to the universe. Like I'm looking for support. I'm looking for guidance. I'm looking for energy from an entity, a person, place, or thing, whatever. It's just a good way to check in that, you know, we can release some control of our lives, call in support, ask for help. It's totally okay to do so. Okay. So those are all of the questions. And the very last thing on the to-do list on this journaling entry, if you will, is casting the vision for the next year. And I'm not going to do this part with you guys because this is actually a really intentional thing that I do and a really personal thing that I do. And here's what I suggest. What you should do is write yourself a letter from the future. So you're going to, dear Amber, dear whatever your name is, write yourself a letter as if it's December 31st of 2024 and tell yourself everything that happened to you in the year as if it already happened. So you're going to be writing from a place in the future. And I want you to tell yourself who you are, where you are, how you are, what you've done, who is around you, what went well, where you had challenges and how you saw your way out of them. Write it as a letter to yourself and then program a reminder in your calendar for next year to open that letter. Just like file it away. Put it in that little file I told you about where I keep these little journals as well. I have one and I just found it when I came to do this exercise. And it says, I titled the file, open December 31st, 2023. And when I tell you that I sobbed when I read this letter, because everything in the letter has come true to a very, (laughs) a very spooky particular degree. But the reality is, is when we focus our intentions and our intention on the things that we want to achieve, It's really, really easy for us to achieve them when we just keep moving in the right direction. Now, on the identity episode that I dropped a couple weeks ago in early December, I talked a lot about kind of writing yourself a mantra of the the way you want to show up every day as your future self. Well, this is your chance to kind of big, big picture, future cast, vision cast, throw it up into the universe and then completely release it. Because I think that's the magic of manifesting. It's like setting goals, but not having any expectations or 
holding space and then allowing things to be how they're going to be or just wanting the end result and not asking why or how and just letting it come and knowing that you always have the opportunity to continue to iterate on your life. So it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to hit 100%. There are no grades in the school of life. But if you do cast that vision and then release your control over it, I do promise you things will work out and shake out exactly how they're supposed to. So that's my exercise for the end of year recap. Again, really tying in the old money lifestyle to that of making sure we're striving towards our goals, reflecting on where we've been, ensuring that we have a really healthy, wealthy relationship with all aspects of our lives, but most importantly with ourselves. And as we wrap up this year, I just want to say like from the deepest part of my soul, like thank you so much for spending time with me on this podcast. I almost just got teary. Oh my God. Um, I'm literally so honored that you guys hang out with me and I just tried to create a podcast that I would want to listen to because I burn through the toast every single day and I still walk my dog and need something else. So that's why this exists because I just want to talk about things that I like and make me excited and that I care about. And I'm so grateful that you guys are here with me on this journey. Again, send me the DM, send me the messages. You can leave me a voice note via SpeakPipe if you want. There's a link in my Instagram bio. But thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I'm so excited for what's to come in 2024. New episodes are coming up, obviously, but let me know what you want to talk about. Because like I was just looking at this year's analytics and randomly that there's an episode titled XOXO Gossip Girl where I talk about like Bama Rush and Tracy Anderson Method. That was like the fourth most downloaded podcast this year, which is bizarre. Like there's some really big standouts like The Boundaries One did so well. Money is My Boyfriend did so well. Financial Fight or Flight did so well. Um, There was, I think, number like 11. Oh, Investing. That did really, really well. But then XOXO Gossip Girl like beat a lot of them. So, I mean, tell me, like, do you want the news? Do you want hot goss? Like, do you want me to democratize the financial institutions of America? Like, you tell me what you want. I'll figure it out. We'll all be rich together. And that's my wish for you as we go into the new year. I'm sending you so much love and lots of money straight to your bank account. I hope this new year brings you everything you've ever wished for and more. And if you're still listening to this at the end of the episode, just you should know you brought me everything I wished for in 2023 by being here on this journey with me. So thank you so much. And I'll talk to you in the new year. Bye-bye. Feeling rich? I hope so. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Old Money. If you have questions you want answered, email me at oldmoneypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social. We are at oldmoneypodcast and I am at your service. If this episode spoke to you, inspired you, helped you, if you took a single note, it would mean the world to me if you could please just take a minute to rate and review the podcast. And if you're not doing so already, subscribe. And if you have friends who like getting rich, please share this episode with them, even if it's just on your Instagram story. And I'd love you more than Jeff Bezos loves Amazon Prime. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Remember, I'm not your lawyer. I'm not your tax professional. And I'm not your financial advisor. The content presented in this podcast is intended to entertain, educate, inspire, and support listeners in their personal and professional development and does not constitute business, financial, or legal advice. In addition to that, this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. 